a four-year-old child will say, my mommy can do anything. An eight-year-old child says, my, no my mom knows a lot, a whole lot. A 12-year-old will say, my mother doesn't really know quite everything. A 14-year-old says, naturally, my mother doesn't know that either. A 16-year-old says, mother, she's hopelessly old-fashioned. 18-year-old says, that old woman, she's way out of date. 25-year-old says, well, she might know a, a little bit about it. 35-year-old says, before we decide, let's get mom's opinion. 45-year-old says, I wonder what mom would have thought about it. 65-year-old says, I wish I could talk it over with mom. Yeah. Yeah. Moms, thank you so much for all that you do and your wisdom and uh, love is uh, incomparable, and we honor you today. Um, yeah, hey man, let's give the mothers another, yeah. yeah. And none of you have an ugly baby, so I, I, this was, yeah, all right. Still didn't work, all right. All right, so today I'm gonna start a series entitled The Generous Life. This is not a Mother's Day message, although I can't think of any better person um, to, to label as and to title as generous as mothers. Mothers will give their very lives for their children. Um, and I'm thankful for the love of a mother. And so as we look at today, the generous life, I, 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 I'm going to look at three different things over the next three weeks. But today I want us to look at becoming more aware of how we can be more generous. Um, if you were to Google a search for weight loss pill, which I know none of us have ever done, but just as an FYI, if you were to Google this, you would immediately get over 150 million results, so they say. Millions of websites make the promise of a better body by just simply taking a little pill. How do you like that? Even more stunning is the fact that we buy into it most of the time. Year after year, there's tens of billions of dollars are spent on various weight loss products, and at the same time, as we do that, the FDA is actually reporting that nearly 40% of Americans are overweight. So you see the kind of contradiction in terms here. It's really crazy. As I think the conclusion is that we can all come to is that our world is full of what we would consider miracle cures that never really deliver on what they promise. Most of us are skeptical when something seems too good to be true. And while the world offers many things like the weight loss pills, for example, and other things that are too good to be true. I'm so thankful that God's word is different. God's word uh, is not too good to be true because God's word is true because what he offers that seems too good to be true is in fact very, very good and very, very true. That Bible that you're holding in your hands is not too good to be true. It's good and it's true. So this morning, I'd like to offer you something that will radically improve your life in every way. How many would like your life radically improved in every way? What I'm getting ready to describe to you, what I'm getting ready to share with you today will impact every facet of your life. It's going to make you happier. It's going to make you healthier. It's going to make you more fulfilled. It's going to give you a legacy that will last even beyond your lifetime. Now, before you think I'm a nut, I want you to consider <laughs> that the reason that so many people go for the miracle weight loss, even when they know it won't work, is because deep down inside, all of us 
We all want the best version of life possible. We want to live to the fullest, don't we? We were created by God with a desire to be fulfilled. To live a life of destiny beyond our normal day-to-day -day existence. And to live a life for something more than just our own stories. We're on a search for significance and fulfillment. And today, I want to offer to you a pathway that is going to help to, for you to live your life that you've always wanted. And, and the good news here is that it's not a pill, and I don't need your credit card uh, for you to get it. So what am I talking about? It's in a word, it's this. It's generosity. If you want to write that down, that's what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks is generosity. And I find it too interesting that we're doing this in, uh, on, on the first day of our Save a Baby campaign, but also in light of everything that's going on in the world today, things are getting more expensive, things are getting, uh, uh, you know, all the prices are going up with inflation and stuff, so we tend to, when we uh, are dealing with situations like this in our life, we tend to pull back, don't we? Well, I better just hunker down because this is getting more expensive life, is so I need to not be so generous, but let me encourage you to fight against that, that, that urge to be careful not to be generous and continue to be generous because this is going to help set you up as you continue to be generous to inoculate you from the things that are going on in our nation right now and in the world with the inflation and the increasing of prices. So generosity, this generous life, I want to show you from scripture how we can live generously and, and how as we live generously it's going to open up the floodgates uh, from God to the best uh, version of our life possible. It's going to really set us on a path of path of true fulfillment and purpose and impact in our lives as we as we live out a life of being generous. Now, I can't say, by the way, that I've perfected this. I'm still dealing with this. I still struggle with it. I still uh, fight against the generosity and the selfishness and the fear and all that sort of stuff. I get it, you know. So, but this is what God's word says for us, and so. I want to live what God's Word says. Amen? How about you? So let's define what generosity uh, is not. Because if you want to define generosity, we've got to start off with what it's not. Generosity is not just about your money. When you hear me talk about generosity, in fact, you, if you realize we, the only time you ever hear us talk about money, most of the time, is in the video announcements, if you have an offering, place it in the receptacles. We don't make a big deal about offerings here. And, the Lord has just blessed this church and we're, thank you for your generous giving. But every so often, you're going to hear me preach from the pulpit about uh, money and about generosity and things like that. Now, this is a, not a message about money because generosity is not just about money. You, you rarely hear me talk too much about, hey, I need your money and let's do this and all that. I'm not reaching into your pocketbook at all. And this morning, I'm certainly not because this is not just about money because generosity has to do with a whole lot more than just your money. So, Money is part of it, but it's not all of it. So a generous life means that you're being generous in a lot of different ways. Let me just kind of open up some things here about what God's Word says about what generosity is. We can be generous with our thoughts. Write that down if you're taking notes. We can be generous with our thoughts. What do I mean by that? Well, uh, let me ask you this. Are you generous in the way that you think uh, about people that are around you? Maybe even in this church, in your family, um, people online. Are you generous with your thoughts, with total strangers, with your co-workers, with your classmates? Are you generous with your thoughts? Are you kind? For example, have you ever been uh, at a store? You've maybe seen someone at some sort of store and maybe your first thought in your mind is, what is wrong with that person? 
Uh, why are they dressed like that? Why are they acting that way? We immediately go to a, a, a negative and, a, and a, we're not generous. We're stingy with our, with our thoughts towards them. We don't even know them. The Bible talks about loving our neighbors as ourselves, but, but I wonder how often do we give the people around us the benefit of the doubt in our thoughts? Do we even consider that maybe they're going through a rough patch? Or maybe they were raised a certain way and they don't know any better? I, I don't know. But, but are we generous in our thoughts towards people? Being generous with our thoughts keeps us from being too critical and judgmental towards folks that might rub us the wrong way or that just have a different lifestyle than us. Do we immediately go to a thought that is not Christ-like? And also on top of that, really what adds to it is do we even consider that we think about ourselves in the right way? Because I want you to think about that. I mean, we can be so self-critical. But oftentimes, I think if we're not careful, we look at ourselves in a neg negative way because of how we've been told you'll never amount to anything and you're, you're awful and you're... Whatever has been spoken over into your life, whatever even Satan would tell you about your life, you've made this mistake. You'll never, you'll never amount to anything. You're, you, you shouldn't have done that when you were younger. Now look at you. And I mean, it's just the condemnation all the time. Those, Satan loves to condemn us. And he lies about our future. And he lies about what God thinks about us. But here's what I want you to know. It's the best way for you to be able to inoculate yourselves from being self uh uh, self-condemning and, and, and having awful thoughts about you is that say, God, what do you think about me? Uh, wh how do, what are your thoughts towards me? Uh, you know, I, I got to tell you this. If you're thinking awful stuff about you, that's not God's thoughts about you because God doesn't think awful things about you. He loves you so much. He gave his son for you. He loves you. So he thinks the world of you. He, he thinks you're awesome. You're the apple of his eye. He's got a great future in life for you. He, he's, he, he loves you. He thinks, he thinks you're awesome. If, if, if you, and not that we need to walk around arrogant and say, well, God thinks I'm awesome. That's not it. But we need to have this attitude and understanding. Wait a minute. You know, my past, my mistakes, the way I was raised, the things in my life, the situations, whatever it is, Satan would love to condemn us and make us feel like that we're worth nothing. And it makes our thoughts go in that direction to where we consider ourselves nothing. But God thinks that we're something so much that he gave us his son. And if we're not careful, we take those thoughts and we think about ourselves and we convey them onto other people. Well, I'm miserable, you're miserable. I'm a mistake, you're a mistake. I'm a failure, you're a failure. I'm worth nothing, you're worth nothing. And it just spills over. Negative self-talk is always a reflection of an incorrect view of how God sees us. God certainly doesn't think that you're trash or a failure or insignificant. In fact, just the opposite. Let me read to you what Isaiah 55 verses 7 through 9 says about you. It says, let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he'll have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. And then he says this about you. This is what God says about you. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts and your thoughts. So if your thoughts don't align with what God's word says about you, then reject them, because that's not God's thoughts about you. We can walk in this wickedness and this unrighteousness in our thoughts. Wickedness and unrighteousness doesn't mean that we're necessarily going all the way to being Satan worshipers or something like that. It can mean that we're just not aligning what our thoughts are, what God's word says about us. That's an unrighteous and a wicked thought. 
It's going opposite of what God's word says. So let's take and be generous with our thoughts about us. Pay attention to your self-talk and then be kind and generous with your thoughts, not only about you and what God says about you, but also be just as generous and kind towards others. That's hard to do, isn't it? But that's a form of being generous that doesn't cost you anything. You're not giving a dollar to a person. You're just being generous with your thoughts. You know, we can also be generous with our words. Proverbs 12, 18 says, Careless words stab like a sword, but the words of the wise bring healing. Oh God, make us wise. Make us like you. Let our words, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, oh God. We can be generous with our words, can't we? Do you use your words to bring healing to people today? Or do you use your words to destroy people around you? Do you build people up or do you tear them down? Generous words bring healing and hope and strength and life. Again, words are free. They only cost you the exhalation of your breath. But they're valuable. They're invaluable. They're rich. They're precious to those that receive it. I want to encourage you to be generous in your genuine compliments, don't say something you don't mean, but find something good about somebody and then don't just keep it to yourself. How many thoughts some good thoughts about someone you had the opportunity to say it, but you just didn't? What good is that? Maybe the Lord gave you that thought so it would come out of your mouth and so you can encourage them. A, a, a word in due season, you know? We don't know what that season is in their lives. It could just mean very little to us, but it could mean the world to them. In fact, to the extreme, it might even be that they would be even contemplating that I'm not worth even living. Maybe I'm just going to go kill myself. And that we would say something in that bright moment that would help them to understand, wait a minute, maybe I won't consider that. Maybe there is some hope. Maybe I am worthwhile. Oh, let the words come out. Kind words, they cost us so little. But they're invaluable to the recipients. So let's, let's be genuine in our compliments. Let, let's let the words of praise towards people uh, be abundant. And um, let's encourage one another. That's definitely encouraging. How many likes to have a good encouraging word spoken in their life, right? Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, so let's be generous with our words. It doesn't cost you a dime. But it's invaluable to the others. Now, we can be generous with our money, certainly. Every time we give financially... What this does is it softens our hearts. I know it's hard to give sometimes, but when we give and we give as unto the Lord, it really, really be, we're becoming more like Jesus when we give. When we give our, of our money, we're giving, we're becoming more like Jesus. It's, it's a learned thing, that giving of your money. It's a learned thing for sure. It's really not easy to be generous with our money, but it's really not our money. It's God's money, but it's hard to be generous with what we have. Our flesh is selfish and, and our flesh is greedy, but God's heart is always to give. Giving our money takes focus away from me and giving our money to others puts our focus on them. And we're never more like God than when we give. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. It's going to be poured into your lap. Or the measure that you use, it'll be measured to you. Oh, there's just a sense of giving. You can't outgive God in every possible way, but if he's, if he's given you some money to steward, or you better be open-handed with it and not tight-fisted. 
and give. If you have the opportunity to give and you don't give, then shame on you and shame on me, right? And if I have the opportunity to bless someone with my money, I'm going to do it. And it's going to be a learned thing. And the more I do it, the easier it's going to become, I think. And I've learned a lot, by the way. I've said this before, but I've learned a lot from Kelly in this. Uh, in our marriage, she's much more uh, that way than I am. And uh, I've learned to be much more like that. And I'm still working on it. So thanks. Thank God for the influence of a godly wife. Amen. Uh, in so many ways. Um, here's another way that we can be generous that has nothing to do with money. We can be generous with our influence. Uh, most of us would not be where we are today if someone hadn't made the choice to be generous with their influence in our life. Think about it. Can you think about people in your life in the past that have, because of their influence, given you opportunity to move ahead in your career or education or whatever the case may be? And everybody in this place, every single person that's listening today, we all have influence. We all have networks. We all have connections. So I ask you this morning, are you using those to bless others? Are you being generous with your connections? Are you being generous with your influence? Are you being generous with your networks? Rather than seeing what others can do to raise you up with their influence, are you using your influence and focusing on what you can do to raise others up with your influence? That's a generous act of uh, 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 that's a generous lifestyle. Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That's using your influence. I'm going to spur you on in all kinds of different ways to make sure that I give you place and opportunity. Oh, I want to do that more. I want to give that, uh, that, that, that influence that I have, those, the leverage that I have, the connections that I have. How about you? I again, it wouldn't cost you anything. But boy, you tell you what, as the Holy Spirit leads you to do it, you can be generous to say, i got just the guy. I got just the girl. And we can connect some people to move them to those places that God has for them and use you to make a difference in someone's life and their career and whatever. I, I can think of several examples in my life of, of people that in the right time and just the right way, I was able to leverage my influence. And, um, and I look at them now and I think, wow, this is pretty cool where they are. And uh, I, I think it's great uh, that I can see what God is doing in their lives just because of, and, and also that's happened in my life. I'm so thankful in so many ways so many people have done that. Let's all be generous in our influence, amen? Here's the next one. We can be generous with our time. Now, we've all been given 24 hours in a day. <laughs> we've all been given seven days in a week. So that's an equal thing right there. Well, I may not have the same talents. I may not have the same money. I may not have the same influence. I mean, we all have 24 hours, right? We've all been given that. Sometimes the best thing that we can do for another person is to take the time to stop and to help, or to stop, and listen, or to stop and celebrate. Just stop and be present in the moment. Are, are you using your time in a generous way? Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16 says, Be very careful then how you live, and not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. There's that time again, making the use uh, most of every opportunity we we tend to in our into our lives we just blow through you know our lives and don't really stop and say I got some time here let me be present in the moment and listen to you which really leads me to my next part of being generous is we can be generous with our attention and I can spend some time with you but be totally distracted but I can also spend some time with you and 
be so focused. I, I believe we live in a world that is operating with an attention deficit. We're so spread out in so many different ways. But we can be generous by giving people our undivided attention. Are we on the phone when we're talking with others in front of us? Are we distracted with others when things are going on around us as people are coming and talking with us? Are we, are we thinking about the next thing that we need to do, right? Or are we giving them their undivided, our undivided attention? You know, we've all felt the power of someone who is fully present with us. I think you know what I'm talking about. So are we fully present in our conversations? Are we fully present with others? That's a gift that we can give. We can be generous with that. Hebrews 2.1 says that we must pay the most careful attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. There's, a, there's an attention that's there. There's a paying careful attention to what we've already heard. I don't want to drift away my conversations with you. I hope you don't drift away with me either. <laughs> but that's something we can be generous with is our undivided attention. Here's the last thing. We can be generous with our belongings. We all have stuff, don't we? Stuff. It's in our house. And some of us, we don't have any more room in our house, so we got a storage unit we pay a monthly fee for, which blows my mind. But I got it on sale, Pastor. It was 10% off. How long have you had it in storage, and now how much have you paid for that product, you know, five years down the road? <laughs> you know, it's just, we have stuff. And we can be generous with that stuff. We can use that stuff to bless others in creative ways. And by the way, let's not throw them our scraps and broken things or our used up items either. I'm going to be generous with this thing that only has three wheels and it's supposed to have four. Here's something that's rusted, but if you throw a little uh, duct tape on it, it should be good for another six months. And certainly don't give that to the church. I've had some donations here. Oh, it's just amazing. Well, it's not good enough for me, but it's good enough for the church. Here's the thing. If it's not good enough for you, it's not good enough for the church, okay? All right? In fact, if you're going to buy... I'll just say this. I'm going to challenge you on this. If you're going to buy something new and you're going to give the used thing to the church, let me challenge you. How about give the new thing to the church and you keep the other stuff? And that's going to help you, right? There's a, whoa, that's a, that's a new paradigm right there, Pastor. I don't know about that. But that's what I'm talking about here today, right? God didn't give us His scraps. His rust, his junk, his leftovers. He gave us his best when he gave us his son. You have no idea how many times Pastor Matt, Pastor Joseph and I uh, come up to this church uh, admin building and there's bags of just trash and heaps of stuff right here. That Guess what we get to do? We get to take it to the dumpster because it's not worth anything. But people have this attitude that says it's a church. Well, they'll just take anything. No, we won't. I'm sorry. Hate to break it to you. We throw it away. All right? We're not a junk collector. This is not a junkyard. Give the best of yourselves, not only to the church, but as a representative of Christ. Give it to people. All right? Be a representative of Christ and give your best of your stuff. If it's sitting there collecting dust, if you haven't worn it in a year or two, if it's something that you don't need anymore, give it to someone who couldn't use it. You got a car sitting there that, is, uh, that you don't need because you got four and there's only two people in your house. Give the two cars away to people who need it. Just give of your stuff, right? Someone needs a car over here, I think. They said amen kind of loudly. Yeah. See me after church, right? Yeah. Acts 2. Verse 45 says, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. That was the Acts chapter 2 church as part of what they were doing is they, they made sure everybody was taken care of in their possessions. So let's 
bless others in creative ways. And I'm kind of preaching to the choir in a lot of ways because I see you guys do a lot of this. But it's good to be reminded, isn't it? That we're never more like Christ when we're doing these things. Generosity is far more than just your money. It's a lifestyle. It's just saying that everything that I have is simply a, I'm a steward of my time, my talent, my treasure. Everything about me is simply just God giving it for my care to steward out from me. And what I have seen in our life over the years is that the more that we give of those things, whether our money, whether it's our time, whether it's our talent, whether it's anything, I can tell you this as a personal example and a testimony. You cannot outgive God in, in, in any way. He's, he's, he delights when you give in that way. And it delights his heart so much that he says, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to dump some more stuff on you to steward. He's done this at Faith Assembly over the 12 years that we've been here. We've shown that we're faithful what he's got through us, so he's going to bring more to us to get through us. He's done that as us as individuals. He'll do that for you as well. And again, it's not just money. It's in every possible way. Give! Give and it shall be given. Give and it shall be given. Press down, shaken together and running over. Be generous. Be generous. But we have to be aware, don't we? I didn't realize there were so many needs around me. Yeah, in so many different ways there are. But oftentimes we're not aware. So here's what we can do. By the way, I'll just say this as a point of reference, as a point of fact for every one of us in this place. Generosity is for everyone. Not just those that have a lot of money. Generosity is for everyone. Say that with me. Generosity is for everyone. And think about the widow who gave her last two mites. She was generous. She gave it all, didn't she? She wasn't rich. She gave it all. She was generous because she had a heart that said, here it is. You don't have to be rich to be a giver. You don't have to be a millionaire to be generous. In fact, that's kind of what we're talking about for the next few weeks. The requirements are as follows. Two things. First off, identify an opportunity. And secondly, take action. Identify an opportunity and take action. Those two things. It's that simple. Your life can be completely transformed by the power of generosity if you're willing to become intentional about identifying the opportunities around you and taking action on those opportunities. And here's a bonus. If you do this, you're going to have a tremendous impact on the world around you. How many would like to have a tremendous impact on the world around them? So we have this pathway to this generous life. We're aware. That's what we're going to talk about this week. Next week, we're going to talk about action. And then the last week, we're going to talk about the impact of what that does. So uh, today, again, we're going to start on awareness. I want you to stop and think about how many each of us daily experience these things. There's sights and there's sounds and, and there's tastes and there's touches and there's smells all around us. In fact, if we were to try to put a number on how often we use our senses, it would be impossible to do it. Science and research tell us that our senses never stop working. Even when we're asleep, we're still sensing things. We're literally sensing things all of the time. We live in a perpetual state of sensory overload. And because of this, our brains are working overtime to categorize what our senses experience as to not be so overwhelmed. That's why you can brush your teeth in the morning and not even give it a second thought. Did you brush your teeth this morning? You probably don't even remember that you did it, maybe, some of you, unless you go, yeah, I brushed my teeth, right? It's just, we do things kind of automatically, don't we? You know, I mean, there's some things about, uh, often, how many's ever gotten into your car, 
and drove off somewhere and realized that, did I pack that thing in my suitcase or did I, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Did I bring it with me? And you realize, you know, so you stop the car, you open up your suitcase, and yeah, sure enough, there it is, it's right there. Because you don't even think about it, right? How many's ever done that, right? I know, we do that all the time. Oh no, I don't think I packed it. We packed, yeah, we packed it. We don't even remember that we did it. It's just an automatic. Let, let me give you an experiment. It, 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 how many watched TV yesterday? It's all right, it's all right, TV's not a sin. How many watched TV yesterday? A few of you, okay? So do you remember the last five commercials that you watched on TV yesterday? No. You watched them. No, no, you probably, those of you who watch commercials, some of you say, I don't watch the commercials. Yeah, you know, that's all right. You, for those of you who did, you remember what the last five were? You watched them. Yeah. You don't remember what they were. If you listen, how many listened to the radio yesterday at all? Anybody listen to the radio? Okay. What were the last five songs that you heard on the radio? Anybody remember the last five? In order. I don't remember. I know I listened to them, but I don't remember. The point is, is this, that we're experiencing things every day without actually being aware of those things around us. And my point I'm trying to make here is that is because our brains categorize these things, it makes it harder for us to be fully present and fully aware on an everyday basis. And yet, if we're going to be aware of the needs that are around us, we need to stop being that way as it relates to what we're talking about here. When you look at Scripture, who's our example? Jesus. He's always our example. And I want us to take a few moments and look at Mark chapter 5, because there's a story. There's every story. He's being aware. He's living in the moment. He's present. But there's, this, is the one, this is one story. I don't have time to go over all of them, so we're going to pull out this one in Mark chapter 5. Jesus always was present. He had this uncanny ability to maximize the opportunities that were placed in his life for maximum impact and for maximum generosity. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but let's look at this in Mark chapter 5. Let's start at verse 21. Verse 21 of Mark chapter 5 says, When Jesus had again crossed over by the boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him. And while he was by the lake, then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. And when he had saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. And he pleaded earnestly with him. And Jairus says, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she'll be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. So he left the crowd, he left what was going on, and he took off. Uh, now keep this in mind, I'll give you a little context of the stories we're reading. This comes right after Jesus healed the man that was possessed by a demon, or rather by demons. Uh, this is a really intense encounter in the life of Jesus that he had just come from. So he's taking this boat across to the other side of the lake. And a large crowd is gathering as he's coming up on shore to see him. And he barely has time to even get out of the boat. And here comes this very prominent and influential religious leader uh, coming to him and falling down at his feet. Now, so this is one of those moments that no one could miss because it's right there in front of you. It's not only right in the front of Jesus' face. It's also a very urgent situation. My daughter is dying. This religious leader named Jairus had a daughter. She's very sick, and I need you to come. She's near death. He has this one request to Jesus. Come to my house and heal my daughter. You can't get around from that. That's something you remember. So Jesus responds exactly how you would expect him to. He drops what he's doing, and he immediately goes with, with this man and and this is where the story really gets interesting. Let's continue reading in verse 25. It says, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. So he's, he's heading to Jairus' house. And this large crowd that was around him, and this woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. 
She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. We all know this is the woman with the issue of blood, this miracle that took place. He was headed to another uh, opportunity to, to, to pray for this little girl who was dying. And yet here's this lady... Of all the people pressing in, he was being touched all over the place by the crowd pressing in on him. And yet, this one lady touched him and he felt this healing virtue come from his, from his, his body. So he was headed toward this very obvious opportunity to minister. And he's confronted by a much more subtle situation. He could have kept going, couldn't he? He could have said, I felt that, but that's taken care of. And I know what happened, but I'm going to keep focused on where I'm headed. But instead, what did he do? The Bible tells us that he stopped. This woman who was in the crowd, she was bleeding for 12 years. She'd gone to these doctors. She was promised a solution with her issues. Nothing worked. Here comes Jesus walking by. This woman makes a very bold and desperate decision. She reaches out, touches the bottom edge of his clothing. And as soon as she does, this miraculous healing takes place. It's important we don't miss the context of this story. Jesus is headed towards an urgent opportunity. This opportunity is obvious. It involves important people. It involves influential people. And time is of the essence. She's about to die. And right in the middle of this opportunity, he, he encounters another opportunity that was so small and so subtle that none of us would blame him if he, if, he, if he just kept going. But let's see what Jesus continues to do in verse 30. He says, at once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people, crowds around you, his disciples answered, you, you can't ask me who touched me. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and, and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Now, I want you to look at verse 30 again one more time, because I believe this is the most profound phrase in Scripture as it relates to a generous life. The Bible says that Jesus turned around in the crowd and he asked who touched his clothes. What Jesus is demonstrating here is a remarkable sense of being aware. Which I think is an art that we need to work on. In the middle of the most urgent moment, in the middle of this large crowd, in the middle of all the distractions and all the excuses and the reasons that Jesus could have kept going, he did not miss that opportunity to turn to that woman and minister to her. And the disciples, they were completely shocked by his response. They can't believe that in this crowd of people with everyone bumping against him, that he would somehow be aware to this single, uh, this one dying woman who was insignificant when compared to Jair Jairus' daughter. Think about it. He didn't know this woman. He knew Jairus. I think the disciples are asking the same question that I find myself asking as I read this story. How in the world did Jesus do this? How was he so aware of what was happening around him that he didn't miss a moment to be generous to this woman? This is an important question for all of us today because we are followers of Jesus and, and Jesus is our blueprint. He's our example. He's our model, isn't he? Of how we need to live our lives here in this world. In other words, if Jesus is aware of the needs of others, then this needs to be our goal as well. 
But is it? You know, most of us live incredibly busy lives and much like this story, we have things coming at us from every direction. Some of these things are incredibly urgent. Some of these things involve important people and some of these things are right in our faces. Yet, how do we, as followers of Jesus, have the same level of awareness that he had with this woman? I, I would give you an answer to this question right now, but let me just, before I do, I want to, I want you to understand why the question is so important. Why are we even asking this question? It's tied to a principle that we need to understand here this morning, and this is it. Awareness activates generosity. Write that down. Awareness activates generosity. Keep that up there for just a second. The first step to a generous life, if you want to be a generous person in your life, in every way that I just listed a little bit ago, the first step in a generous life is to become more aware of what's happening around you. How can we be generous if we don't know how to be generous, right? People who are successfully living generous lives seem to have their antenna up all the time. You know what an antenna is. Back in the day, it's the only thing we had behind our TV. We turn it like that, and we point it that way, and we get ABC, CBS, and NBC, and that's it. And sometimes PBS. <laughs> That's what an antenna did. We know what an antenna did. It picks up a signal. Now we just call Comporium. My cable's not working. <laughs> an antenna's sole purpose is to pick up the signal that is being transmitted from them, or rather from a radio or television far away towards them, right? If we're going to cut through the sensory overload and identify opportunities to be generous, then we have to learn how to have our antennas up all the time. Then we go back to that TV analogy. Remember, you had the uh, you had a couple of dials on those TVs back in the day. Remember, one of them was what they call like a a rough tune in, kind of the outer dial of it. Snow, snow. All of a sudden, you turn that rough one. Wait, I'm starting to see a picture. Wait a minute. Then you get the fine tune. Remember the other one? The fine. You start turning that one. And the snow started dissipating, all of a sudden it became really clear. Am I showing my age? That's okay. No problem with that. The same for us in our spiritual tuning. There's a lot of white noise out there. Kind of getting a signal, but I'm not real sure. I can't even see it. Can't quite pick it up. Just a lot of... Something's going on. But I'm going to keep going. There's a fine-tuned dial. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. And as we tune in, that, that antenna, by the way, that antenna in our hearts, is the Holy Spirit. That antenna, spiritually speaking, is the Holy Spirit. And sometimes He speaks to us in a whisper. Sometimes He yells at us. But He's never going to make us wander. It's a voice that we should recognize readily, just like we would recognize our child screaming in the midst of a group of children. We know that's our child, and we're going to go to him. We need to be that in tune and that familiar with the voice of the Holy Spirit. He helps us to pick up the signal from the Lord as to how to be his hands and how to be his feet extended in big and small ways, in our time, in our talent, in our treasure, to be aware of the opportunities all around us to be Jesus to others. Oh, I can't, I can just end it right there, but I won't. I got a few more words to say, but that's, the, that, that, if we can just grab this, be aware 
And that generosity starts with being aware. I cannot be generous unless I'm aware. I'm just going to keep plowing through my life with these blinders on each side of me like a horse does, walking down the road. Man, take the blinders off. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Stay in tune. The disciples in the story were actually correct. Everyone was touching Jesus. In the same way, we're intersecting with people all the time. You're going to do it today. Taking your mom out for Mother's Day or going over to their house or working tomorrow or whatever it is you got going this week. You are not going to live your life singularly this week. You're going to intersect with people all the time. But unless we develop the ability to be aware, to give place to the intent of the Holy Spirit, then we're never going to be able to be generous. The opportunities are there, but we'll never take them because we're not aware. So today I want to give you one new habit to help you increase your awareness. I believe that if we add this one thing into our daily routine, it's going to give us the awareness that we need to live a generous life. And this is it. Every morning, ask the Holy Spirit to make you more generous. If you ask the Holy Spirit to make you more generous, what he's going to do is he's going to give you the awareness to give you the opportunity to be generous. If you want to be more generous, he's going to say, okay, I'm going to speak to you about something. You better listen and walk in obedience to it. This daily little prayer is going to absolutely change your life. And by the way, prayer is essential if we're going to become aware of the opportunities around us. You can't just blow through your week without prayer. You've got to spend some time intentionally praying. Every morning, pray. Lord, by your spirit, give me opportunities to be aware so that I can be generous. It makes sense, doesn't it? If we're going to be generous to others because of God's love for us, shouldn't we start the day by inviting Him into our efforts? Yeah. Every day, Lord, just help me to be generous today. Make me aware to be generous. Our world is loud. Our, our world is noisy. And we're going to need some help to tune our hearts to the opportunities the Holy Spirit has for us. Listen to what Paul says about this in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you're going to learn to know that God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's just spending time with Him and letting Him renew your mind and change the way you think and listen. Paul is inviting us to let God transform us by changing the way that we think. Awareness always begins with a shift in perspective. We need God to give us a new perspective because human nature is to walk through life in this selfie mode. All about me. Self-centered is our default setting, and it keeps us from being aware of the opportunities for generosity that is all around us. This life is not about you. It's not about me. It's about Christ in us, through us, to others. Let's live our lives others-minded. We need to start developing awareness by spending time with God, who created our hearts to be generous in the first place, and then giving place to the Holy Spirit to be Christ in the variety of ways and opportunities that he makes us aware of throughout our daily routine. So imagine what if we started every day with a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I, I, I just want you to, uh, I, I want to experience the joy that comes from being generous. I, I ask that today an opportunity to be generous will come my way, that I'll be aware of it, that I'll recognize it when it does by your Holy Spirit, and that I'll have the courage and compassion to jump in and, and to give. I promise you this. You pray that prayer every morning, you'll be absolutely amazed at the opportunities for generosity that pop up all around you. And by the way, those are not new opportunities. They've been there all the while, but praying that prayer all of a sudden makes you aware. 
Praying and asking the Holy Spirit for opportunities is a way to open up your heart and change your perspective. It's not a coincidence that just a few chapters before Jesus encountered the bleeding woman, he got up early and spent some time alone in prayer. Prayer aligns our hearts with God's heart. And God's heart is a heart of giving and generosity. And it changes our perspective so that we can live with a Holy Spirit-driven awareness every day. I want to share with you as the lights are getting dimmed here a story that demonstrates the power of generosity and the importance of awareness. If you will, dim the lights and go ahead and show that. The story starts with me eating chicken at KFC. And this guy comes just shuffling in with a walker. His beard was growing out. His hair was down to his shoulders and it was greasy and matted. He's got on this old white t-shirt that is just soiled from stem to stern. I thought, well, you know, I can at least give him something to eat. We went and grabbed him some chicken and uh, I found out he was living on a couch in a little patch of woods there. So he was back there laying on the couch and he told me that he was a homeless vet. I could not believe that a human being would be living like he was, especially having served the country. He was sick, he mentally disabled, smelled to high heaven. You know, it would be inhuman to leave a man living out like that if there was any hope. So I took him into a hotel, but uh, he's got issues with his kidneys and his feet. And so they finally said, look, take him out. We just started taking care of him from then on. Ready? You know, what happens to a man that deteriorates to the position that he's in? From what I've been able to piece together, he was adopted by an elderly couple, so they died early in his life. He joined the military, got married somewhere along in that line. His wife said, come home and take care of the family or she was gonna leave him. He went home to take care of his wife. Well, she left him anyway and took the kid. just wish God would make all of this stop. I mean, it's been a challenge, just a slog to get those benefits. In the middle of this thing, I don't know when it'll end. I don't know if it will end. But when I committed to help him, I basically told God I'd see it through.
hell till Eddie Green came into his life and changed all that. Mark was very sick. You know, with post-traumatic stress syndrome, the first thing they started thinking about was what they did in that war. How many people they done killed. Sometimes I think I've made so many mistakes. When I'm laying in bed, I ask God to make sure I don't wake up. I don't want to see him die. I'm hoping that Mark can get out of the prison that he's in, in his own mind, and come back to life. For a while, I hated God more than anything on this planet. That kind of, that went away because I figured there's all kinds of people on this planet that are kind of like me, and he's helping them. Eddie is someone that I would do anything for if I could. Go to the bathroom and they call me when you get ready to brush your teeth, all right? He's done so much for me. If you consider that you're a gift of God to the other people in the world, there really is something spiritual that takes place when we give our life. It's just like a crystallization of the reality of what God feels for mankind. Just listen to Mark. Listen to him cry out, man. He, he became my brother. This is the way I look at other people. They are human beings. They're brothers and sisters no matter what. Somebody needs to reach out, give them compassion, and don't think loving somebody is weak. It is powerful. Love is the most powerful thing in the world. That was a powerful story, by the way, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I love the opening line. He says, the, the story starts with me eating chicken at KFC. Who knew, right? You're like me. You're probably wondering, how, how does someone stumble into a story like this? And the answer is what we're talking about this morning. Awareness. Being aware. You know, Eddie didn't stumble into this story. He had a prayer life and a kingdom priority that created awareness. And when God needed Eddie, Eddie was ready to go. Eddie gave place to the Holy Spirit to be the hands and feet of Jesus to this precious veteran and change this man's life forever because of it. I'm going to end with this quote from Eddie that sums up this beautiful story. If you consider that you're a gift from God to the other people in the world, there really is something spiritual that takes place. Yeah. I would ask if you would stand with me this morning, and, and I'm going to ask you to do something else. And Emma, could you, if you would, come up? I'm going to ask everyone to stand this morning, and this is what I want you to do. If this, if this 
message resonates in your heart and you want to become more aware of the opportunities that are around us. And that story right there was a huge story when you think about it. He, he had a pretty much long-term commitment with this man. And you know, I, I, sometimes, it's, sometimes stuff like that happens and sometimes it's just kind of a one and out thing, but everything in between, you know, there's opportunities. But this is what I want to invite you to do. If, if you want to be more aware of the situations that are opportunities that are around us, uh, as we close this out today, I want to invite you to do something. I, invite, I want to invite you to slip out of your seat and just come to the altar and say, that's me. I, I want to be more aware. And, and as you do, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me, but I'm just going to invite you right now to come forward and say, Lord, I don't even know what this looks like, but, but I want to be more aware so that I can be more generous with my time, with my words, with my thoughts, with my possessions, with my talents, with my money, with my life. I want to be like you, Jesus. And so the opportunities are around us. Uh, we're just going to pray right now and ask the Lord to make us more aware. So as people are coming up, um, I'm just going to ask those that are here standing in front uh, and everybody here, in fact, in this place. But by stepping out, you're just saying, Lord, that's that's, you know, I'm I want you to do this for me. I, I need you to I need you to make me more aware. I'm not, I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm not going to walk in selfishness. I'm not going to walk in blindness. I, I want to be aware. So this is simply the prayer we're going to pray. So I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. And, and I'm going to just give you a prayer to pray. Now mean this in your heart. I'm going to give it to you in little bite-sized pieces. But understand what you're saying. And let this be a prayer that we all pray to God this morning. Would you pray this prayer with me? Say, say Jesus... I want to experience the joy that comes from being generous. I ask that this week an opportunity to be generous will come my way and that I'll recognize it when it does and that I will yield to the Holy Spirit's prompting and that I'll have the courage to jump in and to be his hands and to be the feet of Jesus in whatever way he chooses. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Lord, you heard our prayer. We meant it. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to not be blind or indifferent or fearful or selfish in any way. But Holy Spirit, you heard our prayer. Help us to be more aware. We thank you, God, for giving us those opportunities where our story would be like it's, I just went to go get some chicken. I just, I just went to go run an errand. I was just walking down the street. I was just, I was just at this one place and there it was, the opportunity. Lord, make us aware of these things. And we thank you, Lord, that as you not only make us aware, but that you give us the courage to step in and to be whatever that looks like for that person. This precious child that you love, this precious creation that is struggling in some way, even if it's just a kind word, even if it's just a generous thought, even if it's something that maybe is small to us, but it's huge to them. Thank you, Lord. There's a lot of opportunities that are coming our way, Lord. Help us to get that antenna up and to listen to you, Holy Spirit.
thank you for this. Hallelujah. Amen. I look forward to hearing the stories this week. Feel free to call me. Feel free to reach out to someone else this week too and say, hey, brother, sister in the Lord here at church or whoever, share it online, whatever you want to do. But let's reinforce what God's doing this week. And feel free to tell those stories. I want to hear some stuff as to what opportunities come your way, okay? Big and small stuff. Nothing is insignificant. But let's be generous this week, right? More than just money. God sees your heart. God already has the opportunities coming your way. He's like, okay, got it. So got the assignment for you. Got the assignment for you. It's going to happen. So let's tell some stories this, this coming week. Amen? Amen.